Hi, I'm Bob Kilpatrick. And I'm Nancy Wilburn. We're both accounting professors in the W.I. Frankie College of Business and Northern Arizona University in beautiful Flagstaff. This podcast summarizes our article appearing in the November issue of the RMA Journal. It's entitled, A New Lease on Life and the Balance Sheet, Financial Statement Impacts of New Lease Accounting Rules for Lessees. In February of this year, the FASB issued its long-awaited New Lease Accounting Rules. Long awaited because it took 10 years to reach the final standard. Here's a number to think about, $1.25 trillion. That's a big number, over half of Mexico's GDP. Yes, it is. That's the estimated dollar amount of off-balance sheet operating lease commitments that the SEC reported for publicly held U.S. companies back in 2005. What do you mean by off-balance sheet? Well, current lease accounting rules allow lease obligations that are classified as operating leases to not be reported as liabilities on the balance sheet and instead be disclosed only in the footnotes to the financial statements. But all that's changing in 2019 when new rules go into effect. What's changing for lessees? The most significant change for lessees is that substantially all leases, including leases currently classified as operating leases, will be recognized on the balance sheet for an asset reflecting the lessee's right to use the underlying lease property and a corresponding liability for its obligation to pay lease payments. This will have a significant impact on the balance sheet of any company that utilizes operating leases for a substantial amount of its property, plant, and equipment. Lenders will need to review existing debt covenants to determine if they will be violated. However, it's important for lenders to recognize that for all the changes brought on by the new accounting rules, cash flows from leasing transactions remain the same. So, will all leases be classified the same? Actually, the new rules retain a dual model approach that distinguishes between finance or operating leases classifying leases using criteria similar to current requirements for distinguishing between capital and operating leases. But the new classification distinction affects how lessees measure and present lease expense and cash flows, rather than whether the lease is on or off balance sheet. Okay, let's summarize what's going to happen on the financial statements. Capital leases will be referred to as finance leases. The reporting for these leases on the balance sheet, income statement, and statement of cash flows is substantially the same as under current rules. Operating leases are still referred to as operating leases. However, lessees will recognize a right of use, or ROU asset, and a corresponding lease liability on the balance sheet. Reporting on the income statement and statement of cash flows is basically the same as current rules. At the transition date, all existing operating leases will be immediately recognized on the balance sheet, and all comparative prior years reported will also be retrospectively adjusted. Comparative income statements and statements of cash flows for prior years are not substantially impacted. That means that at the transition date, lenders should expect financial ratios computed by reference to the total asset or liability base to be negatively impacted. So, we should anticipate increases in leverage ratios such as debt equity and debt EBITDA, decreases in operating ratios such as asset turnover and ROA, and decreases in liquidity ratios such as quick and current ratios. Ratios computed based on only income statement and or cash flow statement items, however, will not substantially change. These impacts are expected to vary widely across industries. Industries that will have the largest impacts are the usual suspects, airlines, transportation, and retail. Even within an industry, the extent of operating lease usage can vary widely among segments and individual companies. 
Our article illustrates this by examining the impact on three companies in the retail industry, Target, Kohl's, and Dick's Sporting Goods, which represents the use of operating leases at the lower end, the average, and the upper end of the industry, respectively. Let's wrap up our podcast with some recommended advice for our listeners. Number one, do your homework. Read our article to become familiar with the new lease accounting guidance so that you understand how these rules may affect your customers' financial statements and ratios. Number two, exercise caution in using average expected impacts by industry as our example demonstrates that there will be a wide range of impacts within a single industry. Number three, recognize that since companies typically have a portfolio of leases at any point in time, the impact on any specific company will depend on the terms of its leases and how far those leases are into their respective lease terms. And number four, be proactive in discussing the impacts of the new standard on your customers' financial statements and existing debt covenants. Well, that's it for our podcast on a new lease on life and the balance sheet. Thanks for listening.